Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go. Indie Game Business. Bam, what a quick transition. What's up, everybody? We I'm sitting here with Thomas Shiva, and he is going to talk about some blockchain stuff. Blockchain's super hot. So, Thomas, take it away. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for a quick introduction there. We had a little bit of hiccups with the getting ready and standing up, but um, yeah, we're finally here and I'm excited to be talking with you guys about the blockchain. But um, first of all, I would like to do oh, a little, also a little quick of an introduction of myself. Um, my name is Thomas, of course, and I am um, f- from Rwanda and I um. Uh, I am uh, an entrepreneur, um, tech expert. I've been uh, in the industry for over ten years, and it's um, it's it's always uh, a bit of a stretch when I'm trying to introduce myself. Sometimes I'm like, where do I start? But um, long story short, is uh, I run a game development studio in Kigali, and uh, also recently started. Uh, building some tech hubs for developers and creators and we are trying to solve the latest problem using technologies and also providing access to technology and uh, the tools that the creators need to be able to leverage the latest involvements in the technologies that are shaping the world today so what are we talking about today um some blockchain actually i'm not going to sell any NFTs to you guys or, or t- tell you that I'm inventing a coin or anything, but I will be talking about uh, the blockchain in and on itself and how that fares within the gaming industry. So uh, if you could see on to my uh, gender here, uh, I am starting with, uh, is it too early? like with the gaming industry, is it too early or are we trying to solve the problem that doesn't exist yet in the gaming industry? And what do I mean by that? What I mean is uh, with, the, with, the, with the games industry and uh, something wrong with my, with the games industry and the crypto boom lately, there's been a lot a lot, a lot, uh, the good, the bad, but there's been a lot going on within the industry itself. And who wouldn't know anything about NFTs or crypto or just anything that is hard to do with blockchain, they will be living under a rock or something. Anyway, so how do you define the blockchain? Uh, I can say that uh, the blockchain mostly, if you're, Within this session, you already know a little bit or a thing or two about it. Uh, it's mostly the latest technology that leverages cryptography, 
to solve mathematical problems in, problems in, in order to uh, enable either share of information, transactions, and any of that. So how does that, how does that fare into gaming? Because uh, when you think about it, uh, there's a there is a long, long list of concerns that's been growing within the industry that uh, is leading to the fact that most of the industry leaders, they're, they're worried what's the next thing is. And lately, when most of the games distributions and the services, everything everything's moving online. And there's always a concern for gamers that says like, um, who owns our games? You can buy a game off of Steam or Epic Store or Origin, and you can download it because it's on your account. But when you think about it, what if uh, something happens to it and you lose access to your games? Uh, I, I could just give a short example with uh, something like modding and it also associated with cheating if you think about it, but I'm not talking about cheating technically, but just like modding. And mostly there's this ban thing. So you could get banned like an account or an, a physical address and you lose access to all the games that you bought. So that's one concern in terms of what could benefit for the blockchain if there's true ownership in terms of, of owning your games or your items or digital items and on the flip side also there is a there, there is a scare the scare is that uh, this new technology always brings uh trade-offs so what do i mean by trade-offs what i mean by trade-offs is that uh when you have always new technologies or something to be sacrificed and with my graph here i'm going to share that the, the evolution of uh, gaming technologies that leads to today. So remember in the 90s and like when the, the most advanced games were just the asteroids and then that's the asteroids era where just you remember all the games that we were playing. Um, I mean, those were the, maybe I, I wasn't, but uh, I, I informed myself. And we went from asteroids to something like Doom and Quake and where you have those colorful on CRTs like sprites and, and all those flash games in the early 90s and 2000. Then we get to the early 2000s with the Unreal Tournament and you get 3D graphics, you know, from the Doom era. And that like uh, unleashed a whole era of 3D games and Unreal Engine and all of these other tools just getting more advanced and games just started getting more advanced. And then we get to to the late mid 2000 where you have Need for Speed, Mass Effect, all those games, World of Warcraft. That was the era of multiplayer. Always when there's a new technology, just, just like I said at the beginning, the industry chases trends like crazy and everybody's just hopping on the bandwagon. And then we get to the early 2010s where you have games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, Crisis, and all of that. And that's when you have FPS, and then everybody's just going on to the FPS bandwagon, and that just erupts into a new genre and the new direction of the future of gaming. And then you get to the 
early 2015, 16, we get games like PUBG, Fortnite, of the world, and that was the Battle Royale era. And with that, it brought on the whole new um, breed of games and also types of gamers and, 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 and another niche in the industry where also another trend to chess for big companies, whatever, even small companies, everyone wants to do a battle royale now. And then as all of that happens, then to number seven, we get to the ray tracing era, the graphic prowess and games are looking more more and more visually stunning than they ever did before, which kind of like starting to plateau a little and there's nothing more you can do to the technologies that we have now to improve the graphics. The only thing you can do is just make great games and games that are enjoyable because the, the, the visuals are just good now. And lately then we get into the virtual reality and all of that is the same era, which led that into the crypto and blockchain and the, the crypto boom and all of this NFT craze. So. And right now, most of us actually, we don't actually know what the future is like. So that's why I have something like it's, it's, it's unknown. So there could be potential, there could be a risk. So there's always something to, to be looking forward to. And if I were to talk about the benefits of adopting like the blockchain technologies into gaming solutions, of course, the, the, the first thing that you think about is the, the ownership, which is what I'm going to only focus on within, within this talk because it's the only one that I think we have in gaming as of right now and was a trade-off because of the rise of online gaming and multiplayer. So it was a sacrifice to be made so that we could be on this stage right now. And for me, I, I don't consider myself like a... a, a an elder in the industry, but I'm a quick learner, so I at least can get to the to the same page as the latest and the earliest that are just information. And with the future of blockchain and gaming, you could obviously everybody is talking about ownership, ownership, ownership. But all that leads to is like. For example, if you look at a game like uh, like FIFA or 2K, where everything is reset every year, you have all of these different packs, different skins that you always bought. And in the end, when the new release comes out, you lose all of that and you have to go start all over again. But if you were to own those packs that you buy and you could always have them in the future games, then that's a big bonus it's a big plus which means you there's no double spending like it's one of the solution that blockchain solves there's no double spending and with that uh, i would say it, it's it's one of the only plus but on the other hand when you look at uh, like like i mentioned in the in the breakout questions here where uh, you talk about the blockchain games, what are actually those games? And, and you look at them and you look at where the actual games, like the classical gaming, where we are at, at and the technologies available, the the tools or the, the genres or the medium itself, how it looks like. And you compare to the blockchain games, 
you look like there's always the, there's the big bucks. There's a lot of money there, but the products they, they they're not that good. So that 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 sacrifice the, actually it's it's a big hit on the actual games because I, I've been doing a little bit of research on on the on the blockchain games like Axe Infinity. Uh, Cryptoland, all of those games, you look at it and if you ask someone who's been into more immersive games like Battlefield, Crisis, or any of those games, Halo, and then you're like, just go on and play Axe Infinity or something, then they'll be like, get out of here. It's uh, That's not something that I would play because it's in its infancy. And all of those games, they bring also something that it's been growing on me a little bit, like... It's like a cancer growing in the industry. This play to earn, uh, it's been misunderstood in a way that games start feeling more and more like a chore and something that you have to do as a chore instead of something you have to do just to have fun. So there's a misunderstanding there unless that's made clear and and uh explained correctly and used through the appropriate channels it's going to spur a lot of backlash in terms of what crypto gaming and what the blockchain itself is trying to solve in the industry which is why i i said is it too early to have this in gaming and when you look at it then we have to see uh what are we trying to fix and focus on that other than that if you want to make a huge paradigm shift it's going to take uh gaming as we know it more like to the stone age like back to games that looks like 2d sprites and for someone who's been enjoying high-end 3d graphics and games and virtual reality that's going to be a huge turn off and they're not going to find any interest in that and the majority of the people who are going to find a lot of interest is as they take it as an investment instead of as a medium of consuming content and entertainment. So there's a difference there. So it also sheds a light on what the future holds. Are we going to move to the type of games as a, as a way to earn money or are we going to keep those? So that's up to the developers like us that we're going to look at it and then decide how are we going to approach it because when 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 you choose to go the path of making games as entertainment then you're going to lose out on all of the money with the crypto with the crypto boom and all of the nft craze or when you choose to go the way of the crypto and investment in that. And then you also lose out on gamers who just want to play games and enjoy them because uh, you are not going to be able to enjoy a game. Because if if you strip out the crypto aspect and the block, blockchain, all you're left is, is a game. And, and how good is that game? So that's also going to differ very, very, uh like importantly in terms of what's going to take or to be needed for this to be appropriately uh implemented in terms of having the real real crypto gaming that we are all looking forward to and without uh just trying to 
head myself into this rabbit hole because the deeper it goes, the more things you find you have to talk about. But NFTs, as as we think about them, they're all of course going to play a huge role in the industry. But we don't want to to be like we're in the shade of a dark cloud when this whole thing is over after we realize that we maybe took the wrong approach or we didn't do enough to make sure that uh, we use the technologies for the right needs, like using the right tools for the right jobs. So we are going to have to make those uh, life-changing decisions in terms of the direction of the industry where we want to focus our efforts. And again, Another thing that I would like to mention is the, the transaction fees. They also are going to create uh, friction that could also result in backlash. You know, virtual economies collapsing and mostly games dying off. But uh, the bottom line is I would like to mention that uh, the only way we're going to find out is if we approach it as as developers so you experiment and then you see the feedback from the community and then you decide accordingly thank you if there is uh, any questions i would like to start taking them now as i still have some minutes onto the session to be able to answer them. All right, so this is a great talk. So did you want to talk about NFTs as well? Uh, of course, of course. Uh, what do you want to talk about? All right. So, I mean, like I know with NFTs, like they are, they've been around for a few years, but right, they're blowing up right now. And with all the meta stuff and the, uh, you know, like the big trends was collection, like, for example, like the Bored Ape collection. Um, but now, and people could just make them like there's the their huge ship. That was just sold for six hundred thousand dollars. Did you see that? The yeah, uh, it, people, it was a people yeah. collage. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh. I saw. I saw that. So the bottom line is, uh, when it comes to spending or when it comes to the basic laws of consumerism, if I have to put it that way, the price is how much you pay, but the value is what you get. You know. You could easily pay six hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars for a piece of collage that's just I don't know a few megabytes big or even a gigabyte. But what's the value are you getting? So it could be on the eyes on the eyes of the beholder as the one who's paying for that. But the value you get, it's up to you to define because uh, when people decide that NFTs have value, they're going to have value. It's just like currency. But you have to be careful when you think you want to give value to something because you have to also consider what that value means. Is it uh, attached to anything that can actually hold that value in your life? So it's going to, 
to be a, a, a huge paradigm shift and it's going to take a lot of getting used to. And for so many uh, industries and so many different, uh, if I may say societies and communities uh, just to get used to, because as of late, they, there's, there's so many huge divides growing in the industry where people live in their own bubbles, you know, all of these algorithms growing on us and, and they collect data just specialized to you and they feed you the very same information that you need, which makes you think that you can always be right within your own bubble. But when mm -hmm. it comes to blockchain, there's no bias. You, you can't just choose. It's the network. The network decides the value. And we forget that the value of all of those things is going to depend on actually people wanting to use those. And 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 for classic gaming, as I see it, uh, the NFTs, maybe we should just focus on one problem that we have in gaming, which is rising quickly, the ownership. Because you look at all of these games, they are great games, but they're going live service, which means they have a, a countdown on their shelf life at one point uh, whether it's Activision, Blizzard, or EA, they're going to decide, okay, mm -hmm. Battlefield is dead. We are retiring it, which means all of those things you collected, everything you have, the game and everything, even if you paid, you know, MSRP, 70 bucks, that's how it is now. And even if you pay for it, you no longer have access to it, even if you wanted to. You know, it's not like the old ages when you just wanted to share a game. You just take your disc and you... You share with your friend and you can enjoy it. So maybe if NFTs can solve that, which they potentially can, if you think about how the technologies are being uh, uh, preached, then we should focus on that first and then fix the ownership issue. And then once that fixed, then we're going to see where does that lead us? Is it something that we can sustain, you know? And uh -huh. then we focus on the other aspects. I don't know, maybe there's some other who have more uh, knowledge and know-how in cryptography or or just what it takes to, to just sustain a blockchain application. But from what I have seen, uh, for example, the Bitcoin blockchain itself cannot process more than uh, seven transactions a second. Ethereum is a little bit double-made, maybe double than that, but... All of that in on itself, it's not going to be enough to handle hundreds of millions of transactions going on every second all over the world. So even if you would have smart contracts uh, on the Ethereum blockchain, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to cut it. So there's some technologies or maybe some optimizations that we don't have yet. And that's going to be needed. Like when uh, the esports industry was rising and there was a lot of complaints about lag and latency and until then we have high refresh rate monitors 4g yeah. and all of that and it solved that and then we get new problems that we didn't know existed so it's a very same thing you just have to look at that and then see the different approaches on how you want to solve that right like yeah the the old school problems of like dial-up modems right um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that was way before esports. But still, it was a problem. So, what do you think? Like, okay, for example, CS:GO, right? People buy different gun skins, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically it was like basically the precursor to NFTs in a way, right? Um, 
But so if that game is dead, what happens to the stuff? What if the game dies? What happens to all that money that everybody spent? So yeah. what what is that compared to the new NFTs in games, right? What happens if the game dies? What happens to the NFTs? People still own them. Can they access them? Can they use them? What what what's up with that? So uh, I will I will I will just give uh, before I go into the e, to the CS:GO and the rise of esports. For for me, I grew up in the in the late '90s and early 2000s, where LAN parties were a thing. You know, you hog on a big CRT and and your Xbox, and you go to your your neighbors just to play some games. And when you think about it, you literally owned everything. You know, everything you need. Even if you wanted to play multiplayer, you could just host a local server and you could play. Maybe right. at the time that was the best technologies we could have. But as the as the years go by, the technology improvements keep on and on and they pile up until you have just something that is completely re revolutionary. You know, you have online servers, something that is severely centered onto a server somewhere. In terms of CSGO, you buy all of these fancy skins, just like the same as Fortnite, you know? So it, it's like you it, it's like a black hole, you know? Once it's created, the only way to keep it, you have to keep feeding it, you know? It's it's dangerous when you think about it. And also at the same time, exhilarating. It could be an excitement because then it keeps you on the edge. You know, what if the game dies? But with the NFTs, if they're able to really implement that then they need just one key ingredient which is interoperability because then you will be able to take your skins from csgo and then take them into fortnite or take them into halo but then doesn't that defy the very um identities in terms of those games and what they mean to their communities you know if you're wearing fortnite skins in battlefield what what's that mean for battlefield as a game or if you will if you want to go as master chief in in a game like 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 csgo you don't even have superhuman powers in, in those games some are scenes some are arcade some are just strategic it's very very different and nobody has a solution for that yet unless if i'm wrong then i will stand corrected if there's something actually that is mitigating that but uh that's a very, very huge uh, problem when you think about it. And the game dies, you absolutely have no access because right. lately it's only digital distribution. So, a, you, you know, it's kind of one of those things that companies are just going to have to get over because, you know, like right now, I cannot plug an Android plug into my or an iPhone plug into my Android, right? Because they don't want it to. If yeah, they, they don't wanted want it to, to, they would do it. The only reason they do that is because they don't want to. They want to sell you that other stuff. They want that extra money. And yeah, until, exactly. you know, is it going to have to be like one studio makes a game where all the NFTs work in all the games they ever make? Or are they going to have to like Epic Games and, you know, so, some others do Activision. They're going to, okay, we're going to work together and let skins interact with each other. I mean, How's that going to work? Will that work? It's, it would take some pioneer to even open that door to say, look, let's do this. People are going to have to change the way they think about stuff.
Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. Exactly. So the only thing I can say is right now, I cannot say I'm going to open that portal or that door to get into that universe where everything is interchangeable, interswitchable, where interoperability is a thing. But what we can do now is that we can just leverage this infrastructure that these big companies have. As indie developers, we don't have that. And we could have that and that as the community grows around those because the blockchain, once it's unleashed, you can't actually stop it. But mm -hmm. when you think about it, when it's a blockchain controlled by Epic Games or EA or Activision, then is that decentralized or it's just decentralized in, in an idea? But logically, it's not. Because if EA servers go down, then it's, it's, not, it's no longer feasible anymore. Yeah, but, it's, it's monopolized uh, and not decentralized. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> so because the, the, this brings a discussion of, of the metaverse and the future of it with gaming and all of that, because lately all I've seen uh, with Facebook, Microsoft, Google, everyone wants in on it, mm. but we're all being pitched to a future that doesn't exist yet, not even close. We're just being pitched on what it's going to look like or how mm -hmm. we're going to feel like they're even themselves they're like envisioning the technology is, is is not allowing that yet because it's actually virtually impossible right now the closest thing we have is these metaverses as you may call them of these games that we play every day and when you think about it then imagine in a metaverse that is monopolized around just a single company, what if their servers go down or what if something else happens, then you lose everything. How, how do you approach the moderation, you know, in all of that, just the censorships and all of that, but it's, it's still up for debate because mm. when the big corporations get in on it, uh, it's a good thing because they have the infrastructure to do it, but how about the trust issue? Because when it comes to crypto and blockchain, there's no trust. You can't trust. That's why it's a blockchain. You know, everybody in the chain has to have the same information, which means they have to agree on the same thing. And then if it's just one company deciding and then the others have to agree, then it's not because then they could easily enforce something that they want. And then we're going to have to go with it. But we could just solve, just focus on solving the problems that we have in the games industry today and see if actually the blockchain can solve them. Other than that, if we can't, then it's probably too early to have that in the games industry. Because other than that, you, you could just go on and, and play some of the crypto games. Yes, the technology is very, very good and, and, and interesting, but you compare that to 
to just the, the graphical or the just the modern gaming industry it doesn't add up you know it, mm -hmm. it, it's like w when you tell a, a hardcore gamer to go play uh i don't know crypto mine or whatever that game might be called then they're going to be like where is the progression what's the level like uh are there any missions and all of that because then it means you're trying to attract the wrong type of crowd, you know, the people mm -hmm. who are in it just as an investment to make money, which makes it a chore. And it's even more stressful because you don't want to lose out on the investment. So you want to do whatever that is possible you, that you can do. And that's not games, you know. And you, when you talk about then games as art, that also changes because then games are becoming a chore and an investment. And then to the publishers and developers, it also puts a strain. Do I make games as investment or do I keep the art and make games that gamers are going to enjoy? So it's very, very difficult and tempting. Right. And with blockchain now, so like I know quite a few people that are not gamers. They don't know anything about trading stocks. But they have on their phone, they have their crypto.com app. And like I got a friend, he's all, yeah, I invested a couple hundred bucks and it's worth $30,000 right now. And I'm like, I don't, I just bought some currency someone told me about and then I just left it, right? That yeah. it's, it's beginning from like, game, oh, gamers do blockchain and crypto to where like just anybody is doing it just because they heard about it and it's easy to do. And you can invest pennies, right? You can invest pennies and people are looking for that big, that big shoot, like even sand from the sandbox, you know, that was just a, yeah, two yeah, months yeah. ago, it was like 60 cents and now, and it went up to $8 and something. Now I think it's riding around six or whatever, but somebody that invested a hundred bucks in that, they made a little bit of money. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so, yeah, I but just think cool. that, that, uh, people for NFTs, People and companies are just going to have to totally change the way that they think for that to work. Because otherwise, your companies don't, I mean, sure, some companies want to work together, but all companies working together on something where everything is interchangeable within there, I mean, there would have to very, be a, um, like, this is the way the graphics are made, and then everybody uses that, you know, but not everybody does that, you know. So they, they don't, they don't. Because, for example, uh, when you look at the early days of computing, uh, as a, also a, a tech expert myself, uh, I've been building PCs for, for, for over a decade now. And when you look at the early days of computing, the, the, the motherboards, they, they were always different depending on the manufacturer. But it yeah. took quite some, some years to have standardized, like the PCIe, the the i triple all of those the, the sd cards all of those the port the usb association the hdmi all of those to be standardized around unless it's an apple common <laughs> interface unless you're apple of course the lightning port uh, don't get me started anyway right. uh, and today when you look at the graphics card you know when whenever you buy it if it's a graphics card you know it's going to fit into your pc because you use a PCIe slot and you know the PCIe slot is being standardized for for decades now so mm -hmm. you're not going to worry about that 
But if you're talking about uh, about interchangeable and interoperability in gaming, first of all, think about all of these proprietary engines, you know, yes. except for the open sourced ones. You know, you cannot take a, a skin or e even the meshes themselves when you look at the, the structural level of how those things are designed and the file formats and the and the and the size and the, uh, the intensity, the, the load. You look something that was made in the Frostbite engine and trying to bring it into the Unreal Engine or Unity or Cry Engine, whatever, or Godot. It's not going to work because mostly most of those technologies were developed around central product that those companies were trying to push to the market. And right. when you bring interoperability, it's a whole new challenge. They're going to be like, how do we... Uh, how do we approach this? Uh, I, I was watching the NVIDIA's keynote um, approach on the metaverse. They adapted their Omniverse platform into this universal scene description where you develop anything as, as long as you put it into the, the NVIDIA Omniverse platform with the universal scene description, then you could have the you could have that project being worked on different people from different backgrounds or with different tools. And then you could have the same uh, output within the same product. But I, I haven't seen that in real yet. I'm yet to, to get my hands on it and give it a try. But it sounds like very promising in terms of collaboration, but maybe that's a start. But when you think about it now, forget having a Halo skin and you have to use that in Fortnite or in, in Forza Horizon, or if you want to drive a workflow that you have from Hello Combat Evolved and drive mm -hmm. it in, in Forza Horizon, forget it. It's not gonna happen, at least not now. So we, we have to focus on something that we think we can achieve right now because that's what the gamers need, you know? Because these days there's this, um, the trend that, I know I'm not dissing on any fellow developers, but the the whole notion of, of of ship it now, fix it later. It's ruining the industry. It's 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 like a cancer because the backlash is from all of these games from AAA studios that come out uh, unpolished, even if they don't lack the capabilities to mm -hmm. to f to polish them and have them as finished product. It it, it it's it, it's sickening because uh, if you think about it, uh, then. All, all of the gamers, then they're going to be like, yeah, it's just it's just another battle royale with tons of bugs or every or, or just heavy monetizations and stuff. Even though monetization is not a bad thing, but because of the rise in freemium, free to play, and we, it means there's this ton of things, and then you have to be like, I'm not gonna spend thousands of dollars playing a game. I can just buy a game and then own it forever, even if the game no longer has servers to to connect to, I can still play because I bought it. Just like when you buy a car or a couch or a mm -hmm. TV, it's yours. You can break it if you want, you can sell it if you want, and you can sell it in whatever country you want. Maybe you should focus on that uh, limitless or borderless approach and interoperability that the blockchain offers, and then the rest is going to reveal itself or the rest of the puzzle is just going to fit itself, I think. Hmm. So uh, another thing that like there's so many developers making games like hundreds of games come out every day. So if there you think that eventually 
in I don't know how many years, uh, indie developers will all put NFTs in their games, and or do you think there will still just be games without NFTs? Actually, they they can do that now, but it depends on the intent. What are you putting the NFTs in the game? trying to accomplish you know are you trying to make it back or you're trying to make sure that your community is well served and you're trying to push great products you know you, you first of all you have to keep the dna of games as art and then nfts are coming in to fix the issues that that product itself has the, the medium that we have today with the digital distributions and stuff that, that that's the the, the spotlight when it comes to the problem that NFTs are going to solve, like I, I said uh, countless times, when you think about it, it's not really the the games themselves. So mm. you, you, you put an NFT into a game, of course you can do that, but is that NFT just try to, to make you make more money after making money from the game itself, I mean, of course, as a developer, you want your game to sell. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, I hope I don't come out wrong saying this, but uh, sometimes uh, corporate greed comes in the way of great games. If you if if you are able to understand what I mean, and because of that, you look at a game that is just purposely made to to milk money or just to make money as much as possible. And when it can't do that anymore, because those companies, they answer to their shareholders, then the game is retired. We've seen that over and over again, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not a secret. You, we've all seen what Anthem has become or what the likes of Battlefront were at release or, or some Ghost Recon recently. And everything just trying to be like, like Fortnite, but mm -hmm. not every game is going to be Fortnite. Right. Fortnite is Fortnite because they, there's something, you know, maybe they did it first or they did way better than everybody who did it before. So if you're trying to chase that trend, you have to one-up them or do completely something new that nobody's ever done before. And that's why you're always seeing all of these, even scams, you know, People are selling land on Mars, you know, selling the solar system. Right. They're selling you things that don't exist. You know, they announce a product and you realize, okay, where is the game? There's fancy trailers and graphics. And then the only thing that they release is a marketplace to be able to sell stuff, even if the game may not come out. So you're buying on the impulse and on just the assumption, you know, right. because this might be a thing. I want to... To be an early adopter so that I don't miss out. This I don't yeah, I don't want to be behind. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be behind. Then that's not a gamer approach. You know, when a gamer decides to, to buy a game, it's because you're interested in the story or you want to support a developer, or you also just want to experience that world, you know. And if that world is lifeless and it has just one sole purpose, then it's not going to make any sense for anybody to engage or interact with that and it's a huge challenge for developers because we face that every day and it's not easy to adjust to when when you're trying to make a game and then you also realize that 
there's so many hundreds of games that came that may resemble that. And then you want to try to adjust in where you develop to be able to tell your story and also make a living out of it. You know, right. because there's even people who take it to the extent when you have these annoying ads, you know, that make the game virtually impossible to play unless you pay to remove those ads. And that's yes. not a good thing, you know, because no. it, it, it's mostly common in the mobile industry, but I don't think it's going to easily break into console and, and PC. But who knows? It, it depends on, on, on where the industry goes. Or what's the next the next big trend and and what risks the big companies are willing to take? You know, it could sure. be backlash for a year, but maybe it's going to settle down and then they are going to to submit and then take it as it is. But we never know. That's why it, it it's always up for debate when there's a new technology coming and there's always going to be early adopters who are going to pay a huge price sometimes in a good way or in a bad way. But there's nothing can do to stop it unless, right. you know, the developers themselves, they decide to create something for the very reason that they want to create it. And it's for the users. The users come first because it's it's what you think about when you think who's going to play my game. What are they going to learn from it or what are they going to enjoy from it? And then you think about that and then you create this game or you tell this story and your audience is going to come because they're like, yeah, this is great. That, that's what usually when I'm looking at the Game Awards, you see best story, best mechanics, whatever, all of those niches and, and, and categories. It's because they fit for a certain criteria that it takes within the pipeline of the whole process of making games. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Thomas. We have some more more conference coming up, so please uh, come and, and join us. The Alexi is going to be here. Um, thank you so much, Thomas. I appreciate you for coming and doing this. And with technical issues and everything, we conquered and overcame. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.